Hi, this is Elaine Benfield, and welcome to the second episode of Her Stories. As you can see, I have a special guest here today. And even though this podcast is called Her Stories, I do want to have perspective of fabulous men in my life, including my wonderful 17-year-old son, Alexander Benfield. So welcome, Alexander. Hello. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for being my second guest. I promise this won't be a family-owned only um, podcast series. But so one of the questions and feedback I got from my previous podcast was really describing why I chose um, my guest. And so I wanted to highlight, you know, obviously Alexander's my son. Um, he was happy from the day he was born, a complete joy, um, not to make myself emotional, super um, just loving, kind, thoughtful, and just always worried about others. And that's one of the reasons I thought he'd be a great guest talking about for his generation, what he's seeing, political environment and whatnot. So there's many things I can say. I'll probably write a blog about it. Um, but I would like to kind of kick in, um, you know, if you don't mind, you know, tell everyone where you are in your life with, you know, what grade you're in and kind of where you are. So before that, <laughs> I, the other day I was thinking of what you do that inspires me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I wrote it down. Um, so anyone who's getting into this podcast, learning who this amazing woman is, um, she's the perfect example of an independent woman. She's raising two kids on her own. She's providing for them. She's the perfect mother. I could not ask for a more amazing mother. She's getting emotional. I'm trying not to. Thank you. I did not know this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. She's one of the greatest workers I've ever seen. She has a vision. She will accomplish it with this podcast. Like six months ago, she was thinking about making a podcast and here we are. She did it. She climbed the mountain. She did everything required to get to this point. And I'm just so incredibly proud of her. And She's one of the most caring and loving people that I ever, I will ever meet. Um, one of the most wonderful souls and just an amazing person. So just anyone who doesn't know who Elaine Benfield is, that is who she is. So get used to it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Really, I guess Mother's Day's done. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, and you truly, when I ask for help, just know this is part of, I was like, hey, I've got this line and Alexander, of course, helped me without question. Maybe a little resistance, but, but, but no, no question. So um, thank you for that. I mean, amazing. I'll try to you know, watch my show now. Um, so, uh, so, so tell me where you are in your life with, you know, what are you at school? And, and give me a little, and, and our audience, a little more background about you. Yeah, so I'm currently a junior in high school. Um, so I'm very like, college is coming up. Mm -hmm. Definitely my biggest like, anxiety kind of and life kind of feeling. Uh, yeah. Because it's going to affect the rest of my life. So. Does I'm, it give you anxiety? Like, how are you feeling? Because there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, so like, just everything from the college process itself to the weight of the decision, like the writing essays to like just everything that's required to kind of 
even apply to college. And then after that, the stress of college and just, I'm very like, cause in a year I will be, I'll know where I'm going to go to college. Yeah. Even potentially even less than that. Yeah. Like eight months, uh, to a year. And it's just a very like surreal feeling that. Is it overwhelming at times? How do you feel? You know, I know you go to a great school that's really helping you and you have a great college advisor, but are you, are there days where it's just super overwhelming for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't really done much for the college process yet. Uh, besides, um, ACTs, uh, really, uh, most of it has just been like kind of trying to narrow it down. Nothing like essays or like actual work that will be submitted to colleges Mm -hmm. yet. Um, but it's mostly just like brainstorming. It's kind of where I'm at with college, but besides college, um, I mean, I mean, it's still related to college, just career wise. No idea. Yeah. Uh, Trying to figure out who you're meant to be. Yeah. Still finding myself, uh, as everyone is. Um, yeah, you're 17. So I didn't know who I was at 17 either. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to be back on here and like, in two years, uh, something like that. I yeah, like... even even the college process would be interesting. I'm sure. Like, yeah. What's your perspective? You know, as you get into it, even the next six months. Yeah, and just seeing like, I feel like I will change a lot within the coming. Yeah. Time. So one of the things I wanted to tell the to tell the listeners when you went into the school, you're you're at a school for gifted students. You're, you know, I'm going to say super smart, one of the smartest kids, most diverse children, good in everything. So that's my humble, humble mom brag. But you actually got into school on a project that the school has never seen before. Yeah. And so I'd love you to talk about that, which kind of leads into some of the, the core topics I'd love to talk about with you. So um, I have a I'm very interested in politics and just general like I'm just the state of the world, like stuff like that, Uh, a lot of history as well. So um, during the 2018 midterm cycle, I was very interested and involved with it. So I, what I did was I created uh, basically my own like election night, kind of like slideshow. So it was kind of like, just like, a scenario of the election and I made, I made a couple of them and it's something I'm very proud of. It was very, it was very, um, but you did it for, it's not just even election. You went down to like granular levels within the 50 States and you were predicting and wasn't it like only one race in like Kansas? Yeah. So (laughs) it's it's incredible. The 2018 midterms, I think, uh, the only, I, th- I used to know it. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. I think I got one Senate race wrong, but, uh, I forgot which one. I think it might've been Georgia actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just very, just one thing I feel like everyone should know about me is just politics is something I'm very passionate about and just kind of just understanding, uh, not only my point of view, but other people's points of views. It's something that I feel is just very essential to kind of 
a functional society? Well, so part of what we always have, you know, conversations during dinner, you and I have a lot of conversations, you know, outside of meals. The one thing you don't, you see that I didn't have growing up, we talk about it very often. It's a polarized society. Mm-hmm. We have two parties. They're completely different. Not many, you know, um, topics and, and issues that resonate toward, you know, that common ground. I grew up where my, your grandparents were uh, Republicans and then turned Democrats. And there wasn't this inner fighting. It wasn't hostile. We were able to get, you know, and I worked in lobbying when I graduated from college. All of this, the society is so different. How do you feel as a child, you know, today with your friends, it is so polarized. How is this for you and what's your perspective from your generation? So um, definitely very important to note, uh, just growing up in a very like urban environment that most people that I'm around are on the left. Uh, Just important to note because uh, when I were talking about politics, it's very important to me to understand your own bias. Yeah. Uh, And we're also in Georgia. Yeah. So that changes dynamic. And and in, if you don't know Georgia political landscape, anywhere around Atlanta traditionally tends to be uh, left Democratic. You go outside and then it becomes uh, more Republican as traditionally. Now it's right now a purple state. Yeah. But yeah. So um, from my perspective, I feel like just the polarization of just America and the world in general is honestly a problem that I feel like is essential to solve because it goes further than politics. It goes from a lack of understanding of people's ways of life, stuff like that. Like, um, I feel like a lot of people today are only willing to view their life as kind of way people's lives should be lived. Like, a lot of people, I see a lot of people like in cities uh, mm-hmm. who kind of disregard rural people who live like a more like relaxed, less like city centered lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it goes, it's, I see this from all groups of people where there's just a lack of understanding mm-hmm. that. Do you feel like people are willing to listen or is that, has you, have you seen that being one of the challenges? Yeah, so I see it as stemming from people not being willing to listen. Yeah. Uh, because it starts by, uh, like, this political party has this point of view, uh, then the other party disagrees with it, but instead of having a conversation about it... And coming it, and meeting in the middle. Yeah, meeting in the middle, it becomes this cycle of just feeding off, like, I guess, intolerance and not understanding. So I feel like as a society, we need to kind of take a step back and realize that we are in a very important time period. the past 80 years have been the most like peaceful time uh, geopolitically in. With different points, obviously with segregation and everything, but yeah. 
you know, there's those critical points. Compared but... to uh, the rest of yeah. human history, I think we're living in yeah. the most prosperous time. Uh, the fact that we're not worrying about a hundred different diseases killing us right now. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's something that a lot of people today kind of overlook. And is take that, for granted. Take for granted is that we are, it is not hard to live today. Just not like living just purely like being alive. Yeah. There's no fight for survival. And I feel like a lot of that, there's no struggle to live. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that gets reflected onto the way we treat other people because yeah. we kind of manufacture a, we have to manufacture a problem to yeah. kind of have purpose. And I feel like, I feel like as a society, everyone is unconsciously doing this. And don't you feel, I'm sure you see it. We're mean as a society. Yeah. We're not nice. We criticize. We like, I grew up and it was happy. You thanks yeah. people. You just, and I know I always say, oh, when I grew up and it's like, I grew up, I'm 50. I grew up in 1972. You in general, we went through gas crisis. We went through so many different things, so many wars, but everyone was happy and, and willing to help each other. I don't feel, and I don't know how you feel. People aren't as nice and kind as they used to be in my perspective, but do you see that as well? Yeah. So I, I think if, you ever want to lose faith in humanity, you just go to a YouTube comment section and you will see <laughs> that is so true. How absolutely horrible people can be. Yeah, and Twitter comments and yeah, social media comments. Very true. Yes. Yeah, so I think a lot of the polarization is because now there's an uh an an anonymity anonymity to it where you can say anything. No one knows who you are. Yeah, I can reply to your posts with the most hateful message yeah. and I will never face the repercussions. And, of that. and whoever you say that to then has that, they don't forget if they see your comment, you're gone, they'll block you, but they'll never forget that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's an interesting hate point. is easier to notice than yeah. love is. Um, yeah. if you're ever criticized on something, you take that to heart versus something where someone's congratulating you uh it feels good but you're not you're not like honing on that yeah compliment forever you move past it while a hateful message is something that sticks with someone for longer so i feel like a lot of it is that the love in society is harder to see so i think a lot of a lot of the polarization is a, a lack of seeing love. So if you, you know, think of how do you want to see change in society? Do you think listening and being more kind to people and respecting each other is like, is that something you see that potentially could help change? Well, so I think that would most certainly like bring society in a significantly better place. Mm -hmm. It would allow, I mean, you can see all these things that I'm kind of talking about in Congress where mm -hmm. it's literally half of the people are in one party and then the other half mm -hmm. are in one party. Yeah. They don't ever 
even think about seeing the other side. They are only focused on, I want this bill to be passed because my constituents wanted it. They're not really focused on actually helping like people as a whole. Yes, society. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of, uh, I guess, wishful thinking to think that um, people will become more understanding because I feel like it it's easier to put aside other people's mm -hmm. and just worry about yourself than it is to just live your own life. So we recently talked to uh, one of my girlfriends um, who's in her seventies, and we she talked about and she'll be a guest um, coming up soon. She talked about how every generation has a boomerang that it has to get really bad before it gets better. Do yeah. you, from your point of view, see the light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think your generation is going to make a difference to boomer us, boomerang us back to being kind and thoughtful and, you know, whatnot? So I also think it's, it's very, like, it's very hard to tell mm -hmm. because a lot of what I see of this younger generation mm -hmm. is that it is just the extremes of mm -hmm. the adults. It is like, it's kind of more concerning actually, uh, just how I feel like the people that are least understanding are young people these days where I have many friends, uh, mm -hmm. and just people I've known throughout my life that, would never even be willing to understand like, or even conversate with certain people, um, which is understandable uh, for some people, yeah. but there's also like a lot of people I think need to just have conversations with people they disagree with and yeah. You know, learn from others just and get their point of view. Just listen. If yeah. you don't agree with them, you need, you can vocalize that, but there's a, instead of like being honest and being like, I think that that's a flawed point of view because of this, this, and this it's, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going yeah. to avoid you. You're yeah. going to be removed from my life. Stuff like that, where I think it's, even if you have disagreements, um, even if they're very serious. It's very important to still discuss it because yeah. not discussing it, all that does is keep emotions bottled up yeah. and just causes more feelings of just intolerance and hatred. Mm -hmm. So it's all a, uh, the way I see it is that it's all a cycle of the less understanding that you are, the less understanding people will be of you which yeah. then causes you to be less understanding of them. So anyone that's watching, I uh, implore you to <laughs> just, just think about having a conversation uh, uh, with someone that you disagree with. Just, it can be anything and just try to have a humane, mm -hmm. respectable conversa conversation with them. Yeah. Because I feel like that is, one of the only ways that we can kind of come together is to yeah. just talk and listen. Well, and I think it brings up a good point of, you know, our world is very diverse. 
-hmm. That's what, you know, I love it. You know, my mother was from Germany. You know, I had a German Catholic mother. I had a Jewish father, you know, all of that to me, um, created me to be more accepting because I grew up with such mixed, I'm first generation American, um, diversity to me and getting everyone's points of view. That's what our world is. We're not yeah. all this, you know, and I say that, you know, with, I'm very involved with DNI stuff, um, diversity and inclusion. I say that as a white woman. So I do know that as a caveat yeah. and, you know, we've had this discussion, you're white male, that is what it is. But it's also, it doesn't mean you don't want to be part of the DNI discussion and help and have everyone's points of view. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's, um, what's very important is people a lot of times, uh, make assumptions, mm -hmm. uh, unconsciously about everybody. I mean, I think a lot of times people put other people to the side just because of a certain group that they're in. And yeah. I feel like whether it be white male, whether it be a woman, whether it be a black, like it's yeah, any, any group, any this group. is not a, yeah. this is everything. Yeah. Every single, I see this everywhere yeah. where, um, a lot of times it goes unchecked and unnoticed and as a society, we are so much more progressive than we were five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. And it has been getting more and more, uh, progressive, like quicker. Uh, I mean, 60 years ago, uh, black people were not integrated into white schools like that. That fact is so hard to like even comprehend, comprehend for me that. Well, we had the conversation about when my mother came to this, you know, United States in 1964, she couldn't, she had no credit. She had, she only could get a credit card. What did we just, it was like the late eighties or something. I forget what the, yeah. excuse me for forgetting, but it was like, what do you mean she couldn't get her own credit card? Yeah. That to me is my, and it was only how many years ago. And that is mind blowing. With yes. so many different variants I, of that. I think that, uh, I forgot exactly which year, but it was some year in the 90s where women reached full, just legal equality, not full, like, societal equality. Yeah, not obviously. financial, but yeah. legal. But Amazing. under the law, it has only been, like, 30 or something years, which is just... Yeah, I graduated. It's so hard to comprehend to me because yeah. I have grown up in a world where... Yeah. Like everyone is included, um, or can be included, or everyone can be included, yeah. uh, at least from my experience. Um, yeah, it's mind blowing. I graduated from high school in 90, 94, and some of these laws I never even thought about. I don't know why we just didn't talk about it that oh, well, women couldn't get your own credit card. I never thought about it. I went to college, my dad helped me, I got my first credit card to go away to college. So it's that's really interesting. Um, so. You know, you talked about what you want people to do. What do you think from an adult perspective? Um, you know, what do you think adults and parents um, need to know about kids today from your perspective? Like if you could tell parents, you know, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. You know, what would you want? What's the advice for other you know, parents listening? I mean, so just from what I see, a lot of it, uh, a lot of young people just feel like there's nothing they can do. 
yeah. uh, anything from climate change to uh, the state of the economy and like um, income inequality. Yeah, human rights. Yeah, yeah. human rights. Um, a lot of it just feels like it's kind of old people that are in the positions of power that are dictating what's happening. Yeah. And I think within the next 10, 15 years, as baby boomer generation gets replaced uh, in positions of power, mm-hmm. I think it will allow a lot more. I mean, I guess change to happen because yeah. the baby boomer generation, uh, a lot of people uh, know this. They kind of, <laughs> screwed things up um like truly and they were the largest population group and yeah. they did a lot of damage they they were essentially the no, no sorry for anyone in that generation yeah, not but... not calling you out just <laughs> However, as a whole as a whole um they because the reaction they were the generation after the second world war so uh, america was trying to find itself yeah um and as during the civil rights movement. Uh, so it's kind of the Beirut generation is a reflection of that time period. And I feel like it's time for them to go. And what's your generation going to be the reflection of? What do you think? If you had a magic crystal ball, what would you say? Or um, what would you hope? Well, not to kind of uh, cause fear into anyone, but I feel like in the next couple years, a uh, couple decades, there will be major world conflict, uh, yeah. uh, particularly between the U.S. and China. Yeah. I feel like it's just headed in that way. There's mm-hmm. kind of no avoiding it, I would say, because that's how countries work. The yeah. history of the world is the history of conflict, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think that the coming years are, at least in my opinion, I feel like they are going to shape the next 1,000. I genuinely think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're basically living in a period where, I mean, everyone's lives will change, I mm-hmm. feel like, within the next 20-something years based on the result of the coming conflicts uh climate change um particularly that is something that no other group of humans Mm -hmm. uh or civilized humans that weren't just like hunter gatherers um face uh and it's life altering it's life altering it's like if your generation my generation is trying we're kind of on the fence not all my peers but your generation, we have to leave something to you. Like it's there. We have to make a difference. It's yeah. there. There's no turning back. We have to. And I feel like, you know, do you see, I know it's all doom and gloom, but do you have hope and prosperity? And do you feel? Yeah. So I think life will live, I think. And happy. Do you feel like, how's your outlook? Are you like, Oh, we've got so much we can do to make a difference. Well, so I think that if we compare this time period to other points in history, um, I see it as there's the history of humanity is or of civilization is 
essentially good times and then bad times. It's it's yeah. like a, a like that is a really simplified version, obviously, but you can kind of see that pattern. You can see that pattern with most of human or of history, and I see that the conflicts coming will breed the next. Yeah, revolution, innovations. innovations and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we see after World War II is when, uh, like, everything we use today mm-hmm. is basically been invented in the past. It's a short period of 50, time. 70 t- 75 years. years. Um, it's very, it's very, like, I feel like no one really will understand can't, can't comprehend. or comprehend. Which is, exci- uh, which, is, which is exciting yeah. to some degree, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's very hard to, like, kind of see that we are the mm-hmm. most, this is the most unique time period, I would say. There's been no other time period where I have a phone where I can look up anything <laughs> I want. I can look up any fact I am. It is at my fingertips. The fact that that is even feasible yeah, and talk to anyone. That we take for granted. Well, I've given you examples like we had huge encyclopedias at home because I would have to go look something up if my father knew a lot. But there's always that you go look that up, and yeah. that would be in a big book. We also, I think back to talking to my grandparents in Germany. We talked to them every Sunday, and we had to be very careful because it cost I don't know fifty dollars to talk to them every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can call my family and friends in Germany it's part of my international plan. Like that's mind blowing to think of like, that's just a small facet. And not only that you can call them that you can do it anywhere. And you can see them. Yeah, I couldn't see my grandparents unless I saw them physically at the airport and at our home. Like we get a, I see, I mean, it's, it is totally mind blowing. So what, so what other, are there any questions I haven't asked you that you would want people to know about from, you know, your thoughts of what can be done better. What are, you know, what are some, let's leave on some, a couple positive notes. Like, what are you, what are you looking forward to most? You, your friends, what is everyone kind of next stage in life? Like, you know, what are you, what are you thinking? I mean, I definitely think that things like polarization will, I mean, ease because just like with kind of, how I see us headed towards conflict Mm -hmm. past history has shown periods of incredible, like polarization and not understanding followed by periods of the opposite of that. And I see that as what will follow kind of the next like decades or two Mm -hmm. is I feel like there will be a really kind of great period Mm -hmm. of human like, like, I guess just greatness and we'll see the like potential of humanity. Um, that's great. Yeah. I, I really hope so. Yeah. Like, I feel like within the next, like in 500 years, the odds that we will be venturing stars and Mm -hmm. I mean, Mars will definitely, like NASA is sending a mission in 2024 to start like preparing a moon base. Like it's 
wild. We are living in the kind of turn of where we're going to kind of start focusing less on Earth and more on like a universe and like solar system kind of. And these were all ideas and concepts that are actually going to happen in a very short period of time, which is amazing. Also automation. Uh, I feel like automation is a very, like, it's very cool, but it's also very concerning. Yeah. Um, Because it could, it really could go in all these different, like, directions. I feel like, I feel like regardless of where the world is headed now, there will be a better time. Because that is just how humanity goes. It's It's the cycle. Yeah. So is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to ask? Because I've one always, as you know, parting question that I want every guest to answer. What is there anything that you else want to highlight? And I feel like there's so many other conversations I want to talk about. We have a very unique family. I want to talk about that at some point. Um, you know, follow up on some things that Madeline and and episode one talked about. You know, is there anything else you want to highlight? Or do you want to go to my challenging last question? What would you like? Um, I can't think of any, so. Okay. That's regret. I, I always love your insight. I love our dialogues. Um, you're super insightful and I, I can't wait to see where it goes. So here's my parting last question. Wait, um, so oh. before that, just if anyone, I would love to hear feedback on kind of yeah. what I've been saying, because like I've been saying, I feel like it's important to hear that feedback. So. Yep. I'll, I, I'll put a, there's comment fields on where I post this YouTube comments. Um, I also have on herstories.com. You can submit, um, feedback. So, um, please feel free to just write, you know, Alexander or he goes by Alex. <laughs> I can never, I'll always call him Alexander. Um, you can add feedback to him directly. Um, and I'll be sure to share with him. Yeah. You ready for mine? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this question could be hard and you could, um, you know, let me know your thoughts. What empowers you? So, um, hmm. or inspires you either, either way you want to look at it. So what empowers me now? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, You're 17. Totally get it. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm definitely hoping to be able to <laughs> feel more empowered, uh, so I go to college and start growing as an adult. Anything that inspires you? Um, I mean, less of like particular things and more of like, I know it's very cliche, but the idea of bringing meaningful change that genuinely helps people yeah. and improves people's lives is something that just the idea of how so many people are so focused on that and care so deeply about that is something that I just find really beautiful. And, and you've had that ever since you were little. Yeah. You were always concerned about the others. Like if someone fell, you always remember when you're sorry, sorry for listeners, but Alexander would be the one that would always hold the door open. And we finally got to the point where like, you can't hold the door for everyone. We had to literally pull him away, but he was always thoughtful and anyone's hurt. He'd be the first one to run to the child in the playground. You just innately have that, but that's, what's going to take you 
to where you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, and I know that like as a mom, but also as someone who's been, you know, working for a long time, you'll find your passion. You have it in you and wherever that leads, not knowing where you're going at 17, it's okay. Yeah. You can go to college, be undeclared, figure it out. That'll be another topic to, you know, help other parents with college. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's the unknown is actually super exciting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see like in five years, like yeah. I'll look back at this podcast and be like, Hey, me from five years, by the <laughs> exactly. way. Um, I'll look hey, mom. <laughs> I, I just am very excited to just see my growth as a person. And I'm equally, if not more excited. Um, I want to thank you very much for joining. Um, you're going to see um, Alex Alexander again and uh, more discussions. I really do. I'd love us to have, you know, maybe we have another person that can talk, you know, from another side of you for politically yeah. and just. I'd like to keep the dialogue open, have some of your friends on as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I very much appreciate your time. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Please add comments, feedback, go to herstories.com. And we look forward to seeing you again sometime soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.